my favorite part mm-hmm. of the podcast is when we silently unwrap all of our <laughs> recording equipment in the car in the dark like we just like take our little mics out of their ziploc bags and we don't say anything take to each the other. zoom out no it's like very serious sometimes i feel like we're like hacking into something <laughs> and we're like surveillance like doing surveillance yeah. on the movie theater before we head out yeah <laughs> it feels it feels seedy i would love to know what somebody would think if they saw yeah us we in always the car. say that i would I would like to know. I feel like people think that we're like in the FBI and we're like listening to someone. <laughs> Neither of us look. I, you I could, could be, be in, in the, the FBI. FBI. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Ride Home Podcast. My name is Abby. Hey, guys. It's Caitlin. We survived Hurricane Ian. We did. <laughs> it really wasn't bad. We're in Charleston, South Carolina, so we aren't in a flood zone or anything like that. So the the worst that happened was a tree was uprooted in our neighborhood. But yeah, we lost power for like a second. We just didn't want to we're venture. Fo- we're very fortunate to yeah. have not had as much damage as Florida. Yeah, definitely um, sending our thoughts that way. Yeah, looks rough. Is, but we postponed obviously the podcast from Friday until Sunday because we didn't want to venture out and drive around while it was gusts of wind at like yeah, 50 miles an hour. It was risky. Yeah, we we especially because th- the ceiling of the movie theater could fall on us. <laughs> I actually so. did think about that. I was like, what if it like rains so hard that the ceiling caves in yeah, at the Regal? It's just best that we don't. Yeah. So we are now out and back in the world, and we just saw the movie Bros, mm-hmm. which is Billy Eichner's gay rom-com. Yes. Which I wouldn't say I've been excited for, like I haven't been like holding my breath for it, but mm-hmm. I like Billy Eichner, and yeah. I like a good rom-com, so I've been like fairly excited about it. Yeah. Um, it's directed by Nicholas Stoller. I don't know if that's how you say his last name, but he has some pretty big um, movies under his belt. So he has Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Get Him to the Greek, The Five-Year Engagement, Neighbors, and Neighbors 2. Interesting. Um, Billy brought in the big guns for this movie, and I guess I'll just do a quick synopsis. Um, Yes, let's hear it. So Bobby, who is played by... Billy Eichner, Mm -hmm. is a neurotic podcast host who's happy to go on Tinder dates and content not to have a serious relationship. That all changes when he meets Aaron, an equally detached lawyer who likes to play the field. Coming out of the movie. I don't know why I thought there was going to be more of the synopsis. (laughs) I think because like the uh, the past few synopsises I've read have been much longer and much more in detail. Yeah. That one's short and sweet. That was it. Yeah. Okay. So Caitlin coming out of the theater, what are your initial thoughts and feelings? First of all, I followed Luke McFarlane on instagram almost immediately as soon as we left the theater he's the love interest yeah he's the actor who plays the love interest of billy eichner's character Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so his character's name is aaron he's a little tasty dish (laughs) and he deserves an instagram follow besides that initial thought and feeling Mm -hmm. i am also just coming out of this so happy and proud to be queer Mm -hmm. and also happy that there is like a huge mainstream queer rom-com like it just I don't know like it felt 
it felt so cool to see something like that on the big screen. Yeah. I agree with that. I think Luke McFarlane was a tasty dish. Mm -hmm. However, I was shocked to find out when when searching his name that he attended Juilliard. Oh. Because despite being very handsome, Mm -hmm. I thought he was a horrific actor. Yeah. And so seeing that he was a Juilliard graduate is blowing my mind right now. Yeah. Um, so my initial thoughts coming out is that I too am super happy to be gay, to be in that community and to be celebrating this accomplishment of having like a mainstream gay rom-com. However, I had some major issues with it. Okay. And it's really hard because I want to love it and I wanted to love it, but it was approximately 30 minutes too long. Okay. There were some iffy performances. I think Luke McFarlane was the one that was kind of a, a blaring issue for me. And then I thought that the biggest issue was that half of the movie wanted to be a rom-com and the other half of the movie wanted to be an SNL skit. And it never fully met mm. in the middle. And to be honest with you, I enjoyed the SNL skit more than I enjoyed the rom-com. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, don't agree, agree with, with you, yeah. um, but that makes sense. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. I think that Billy Eichner, I mean, he he was Billy Eichner. And He's always Billy Eichner. He is always Billy Eichner. But I think he was able to, as the movie developed, he basically just started as like a Billy on the street character. Like he was just Billy on the street, but right. in a movie. Um, I think as the movie went on, he was able to sort of humanize the character and mm-hmm. it seems like he was just playing himself, I guess. And mm-hmm. it was like getting a little like inside look into how Billy Eichner feels about Billy Eichner, mm-hmm. I guess. So I liked his performance a lot and I liked where he went with it, but I just didn't, I didn't buy the romance. I didn't at all buy the romance. Really? Yeah. I do see what you what you mean, especially about the part about it being like half room, half rom-com, rom-com. half rom-com and half SNL skit. I think as someone who loves the genre of rom-com as much as I do mm-hmm. and as many rom-coms as I've seen, the bar is set low for me. Right. Because it's <laughs> rom-coms. Like it's not yeah. meant to be like... A groundbreaking film with like amazing acting on everyone's no. parts. So I think for me, I came in with maybe a little bit less of an expectation of what it was going to be mm-hmm. and just kind of like took it for what it was. And it was like kind of goofy, kind of silly, sometimes a little bit over the top. But overall, I really enjoyed the romantic parts Hmm. and I think I just enjoyed it for the fact that it was like we're seeing like gay people be in love on a big screen right and so I think I was a little bit like schmoozed over Mm -hmm. and like didn't really care if it was believable or not I don't think it wasn't I don't think it wasn't believable but I genuinely think that their relationship was a little bit toxic Mm. and I don't necessarily think that at the end of that movie, I wanted either of them to be together. And Mm -hmm. so 
I was struggling with, you know, obviously every romantic comedy has the the buildup of the romance and then there's that breaking point where they hate each other and mm-hmm. something goes wrong and then there's the big romantic moment at the end. That's Those aren't spoilers there. Right. That's every romantic comedy. I think for me, I was hoping that it would do something different. What Billy Eichner's character even said in the movie and what I felt like they were trying to explained to us throughout the whole movie was that gay people and queer people we don't follow the same script as straight people mm-hmm. and we don't follow like the the line in the movie throughout is love isn't love mm-hmm. his character was even offered to write a rom-com and he was like no why would i write a rom-com like our love is so different than mm-hmm. everybody else's mm-hmm. and I thought that they were going to run with that pattern and they were going to say, we're going to make this really unique. We're going to make this really, mm-hmm. you know, a different pattern that most romantic comedies follow. I thought they were going to break that and, mm-hmm. and they didn't. It just was a rom-com. Yeah. And so I think the messaging of the movie and then the movie itself didn't connect okay, at now all. That, now that I do actually agree with because they... Like you said, he said that very early on. Like yeah, it's like the first scene, really. Yeah, where he's like, love is not love. Yeah. Like, it is different. Mm-hmm. And it's not, like you said, it's not like this heteronormative thing. Right. But then, like, the whole movie kind of played out like a heteronormative rom-com. Exactly. And so I will agree with you on that because it's like, okay, well, if we're going to say that it's different, then let it be different. And, like, right. let us see how it's different. And, like, I mean, besides showing us, like, gay people, like, having sex and stuff. Right. Like, that's the only real difference that we saw. That's my problem is is that I felt like the parts that were, like, this is a gay movie instead of a, a straight movie was that, like you said, they just showed gay sex. Mm-hmm. Which, like, there was one scene that the sex was, it just felt like a normal sex scene. Like, it mm-hmm. just felt like a... Like a romantic, like you can tell that it was two people bonding. But the rest of it was a little bit like, not exploitative, but it was a little bit like, look how weird gay men are. And I didn't love that because I have a a fair amount of gay male friends. And there are a lot of gay men that literally just want to find one partner, fall in love, get married and have kids. And the issue in this movie was that like every single gay, gay male in the movie was like a hoe mm-hmm. like on grinder and like uh, hooking yeah. up and going to clubs and doing the whole thing and obviously that's like a part of culture but also that's a part of straight culture like there's swingers yeah, there's, there's tinder there's, yeah there's like tinder <laughs> there's 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 polyamorous relationships in straight culture and so i felt like it was just like they're trying to tell us love mm-hmm. isn't love and like gay love is different Mm-hmm. And it do- and it plays by its own rules, but then at the same time, the rules that they're setting up that like gay people play differently by is that like they just fuck around all the time, right? To that point, also like what's different about like a gay relationship is just how they have sex, right? And like that is kind of exploitative because as queer people, like we can attest that there's m- far more things that are different in our relationship significantly than just yes. our sex life. Even the two characters that we are watching fall in love, their whole spiel throughout the entire movie is that like, even though we're in love, like 
it's not a thing mm-hmm. like we're not in a relationship it's mm-hmm. not like, like a we don't do relationships thing. we're yeah. not gonna get married we're not gonna have kids mm-hmm. they even like joke about like a fake proposal at mm-hmm. the end again there are some people that really want that and I think for a gay person, especially they mentioned so much throughout the movie, how important it is for young gay people to mm-hmm. see themselves represented in art mm-hmm. and in history and in culture. And to be honest, if a young, if a, like a teenage gay boy went to this movie, I'm not sure what he would think of it. I think it's setting up kind of a false. It's certainly might not be false again it's right it's something that it's something that exists and again not false but it's just like not necessarily how it always is right you know like not necessarily the best representation right i think what i was going into it expecting was showing how gay relationships are different mm-hmm in their structure and in the way we communicate mm-hmm. and the way that when you start out being from the same experience of like both being male or both growing up female or whatever Mm -hmm. you know there's that level of communication that I don't think exists with straight people and they Mm -hmm. really have to work on it Mm -hmm. and I think they lost such a wonderful opportunity to have so much comedy and to have really funny moments but then also have these real moments between these two characters where we actually see what makes gay love special mm-hmm. and what makes it unique and I didn't love the execution and I didn't love them together which yeah. sucks it's like I really again I wanted to like it yeah well now I don't like it as much oh anymore. I'm sorry no it's okay I mean I think like I said I think I was a little bit like Ooh, gay people having yeah. like love on a screen. Like I was so uh-huh. excited to see that, which I still am. I'm still happy that it's part of the mainstream culture and media. Right. Like yeah. that's amazing. And I'm really happy that we are in, that we live in a time where that's possible. Right. Because like they discussed in the movie, a lot of gay history, like that has not been the case mm-hmm. for most of history and time. Yeah. So I'm really happy that, we are here but I do kind of agree with some of the points that you're making and I feel like it just could have been executed so much better so much better but let's say happy things now let's say positive <laughs> things because it feels like I we're shitting on the balloon this movie. and now you yeah. yeah well now I mean I just I also really love the comedy and I I mean there were there were some lines that literally made us laugh there was a, a specific joke <laughs> That I, I was thinking about saying, but in case somebody sees this movie, I don't want to ruin no. it for them. But it's Billy Eichner is describing himself and he <laughs> uses a descriptor line. And it was one of the funniest jokes I've ever heard in my entire yes. life. I was I was cackling. The in delivery the and also the accuracy of the description. <laughs> yes. Like the whole thing. It was so perfect. We laughed so hard. There were a couple of moments where we laughed yeah. like out loud, like cackling at the screen. Mm-hmm. I thought the entire cast that were... So Billy Eichner's character, Bobby, works in a LGBTQ National History Museum. Mm-hmm. He's the head and he's mm-hmm. opening this National History Museum. 
I thought the entire museum staff yeah. was the best part of the movie. Yeah, they were Every amazing. scene with them was absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. And there were also some really funny, just gay pop culture references mm-hmm. throughout, like references to Cher and Barbara Streisand and even right. Deborah Messing. I was going to say, <laughs> no, the best part of the movie was the fucking Deborah Messing cameo. Amazing. Like, she's such a queen. You like, know what the gayest thing about me is, is that what? when I was a kid... <laughs> My parents had a TV in our basement Mm -hmm. and we would always have like the return. You know, the return channel where it was like you were sitting there ready to Mm -hmm. like click back to something that was kosher. You had like your safe show on. Yeah. And I would go down in the basement and I wouldn't watch like sexy stuff. I wouldn't watch soap operas or HBO or anything. I would just sit there and watch Will and Grace. My Like I would hear the (laughs) footsteps coming down and I would immediately switch it over. And like if you watch Will and Grace now as an adult, it's so PC and it's so vanilla and basic. But just... For me to be watching a show with gay people was just like it would have been what is this? Well, and at <laughs> the time, we have to say, yeah. like, for the culture that we lived in in the 90s, like, it was not PC. It's just so funny that I literally, like, you know, in the streets would be like, ew, gay, that's yeah. gross. And then, like, in my parents' basement, I was like, Will and Grace Your is on. favorite secret yeah. show was Will and Grace. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that they had Deborah Messing mm-hmm. in there because Will and Grace, I think, had such an impact on oh, yeah. so many gay people who grew up in the 90s that, like, the Deborah Messing cameos were great. Incredible. You know what? One of the funniest things is that they frequently joke about in this world it's called Hallmark or Hall Heart. Hall Heart. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of Hallmark movies, it's yes. Hall Heart movies. Um when looking up Luke McFarlane, that is his bread and butter. Hallmark he has been movies. in Hallmark movies his entire Which, career. That tracks also how the fuck did you go to Juilliard and you're only <laughs> doing Hallmark movies? Because he can act like that. I don't know. Mm. Somebody at Juilliard what thought he was Juilliard? real cute. Yeah. I don't That's know. That's what happened yeah. probably. I did appreciate, obviously he runs an LGBTQ museum. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated all of like the, the nods to queer history. And there were some really heartfelt moments. I think we both cried at one point. Yeah. Those were the moments that I yeah. was ha- like happy and proud to be gay. Mm-hmm. More so than... Just watching two white guys fall in love with each other, but not really, but kind of, but sort of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I do. I think it was, I think there were parts of it that were extremely impactful, like, especially to watch it as a queer person. Um, And then parts of it that just were not. And (laughs) I think maybe they should just try it again. I'm wondering if it was because they had so much comedy built into the script, which again, all the comedy hit well it, there no complaints there mm-hmm. but i'm wondering if it was kind of a directorial issue or a i'm wondering if they kind of ran away with it like they wrote it together and they just kept saying oh well, wouldn't it be funny if this happened wouldn't it be uh-huh. funny if this happened oh my god and they're like laughing through it together mm-hmm. and instead of building the heart of the movie they just went for like the punchlines to carry them throughout right and so the heartfelt parts felt a little inauthentic and felt out of place Mm -hmm. 
that I think go ahead no yeah I think that you're you may be on to something with the directorial part because the movies that you listed <laughs> that <Right>. he's directed <laughs> are all just straight comedies yeah and so and like kind of a very specific brand of comedy uh-huh. like get him to the Greek and forgetting Sarah Marshall and neighbors like uh-huh. It's kind of like male humor. Uh-huh. And so I'm wondering if that kind of impacted the overall feel of the whole film. It's hard for a comedy that's like full comedy to swing into like drama or heartfelt moments because mm-hmm. you're just going from somebody saying the most ridiculous line you ever heard of to having this like what we're supposed to feel is like a romantic connection and relationship and family issues and work issues and right. identity issues it's really hard to go from that brand of comedy mm-hmm. into what they wanted to discuss in the other scenes okay so i think that's the issue yeah I think that the comedy was amazing and it was yeah. great, but it didn't match like the message that they were trying to send with the romance did not ma- absolutely match with the comedy. And I think we just solved it. We just cracked the case. <laughs> we cracked the code. So we're in the FBI after <laughs> all. <laughs> Hire us. Hire us. FBI. We know you're listening. So I am going to give this a medium popcorn okay. because I, I don't think that, the amount that I laughed in that movie, mm-hmm. I could not give it a small. It's just yeah. like I I could not possibly imagine giving it anything less than a medium. Um, so it's a medium popcorn for me. It's also going to be, be a medium for me. Yeah. Yeah. I Were you leaning large at the beginning before I we started the podcast? I don't honestly think I was, okay, though, to be honest with you. Okay. I was really like, scared no. that I burst your bubble a little too much. No. No, you didn't. I mean, but... Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> Wouldn't be. <laughs> I, I, I tend to ruin things. You do, but I think it's just because sometimes I live in La Land a little bit, mm. and I just kind of like I'm like, oh, cute, yeah. <laughs> and then the more we talk about it, I'm like, oh yeah. We just needed to unpack it a little bit. Just have to unpack it a little bit. I will say you won't. You don't have to see this in theaters. No. However, just supporting a gay movie if you would like to spend a ticket and and go see it i think it's important for us to celebrate these even if we do have issues with them at the end yeah um yeah i would say so too i mean you don't have to be gay to see this movie in fact what's really funny i don't know if you've seen it or if you follow him on instagram or social media but billy eichner's like whole like marketing ploy at this point is like convincing straight people to see this movie (laughs) which is actually really funny to me so i i encourage all of our straight listeners to go and see this movie as well because you really will enjoy it my last caveat is going to be if you do not like billy eichner don't see this movie oh yeah it is billy eichner's delivery comedy sense of humor like you have to appreciate Mm -hmm. billy eichner in order to remotely like this movie yeah it's very billy eichner heavy it is billy eichner this this is billy eichner in a movie so yeah (laughs) take it or leave it (laughs) That's going to do it for us. I'm so excited to announce that this will be our last movie of October that is not Halloween, horror, (laughs) creepy themed. So for the rest of October, we are going to just 
dive heavily into spooky season jumping into the jumping in we're speaking of cauldrons um (laughs) next friday we are going to be reviewing hocus pocus 2 hocus pocus is one of my absolute childhood favorites mine as well i am so excited to review that because i have some opinions already you already have opinions i didn't want them to make a a, a part i didn't either um, and then after that, we are going to be doing a Halloween watch through ending with Halloween ends mm-hmm. when that comes out. I also do a 31 days of horror. Uh, this is just something that I've been doing for the last, I don't know, six years. Mm-hmm. And if you want to follow along with that, I post what movie I watch every single day in October. Sometimes I like double up and watch two on one day and then I don't watch one on the right. other day. But follow along with that on Instagram and we will see you guys next week. And thanks for joining us on the ride home. Right